Welcome to Drew vs. The World. Welcome to the Drew vs. The World podcast, where you get information for inspiration. Today we have the wonderful, the powerful, the infamous E-Dub from the Who Got Next podcast here in Charlotte. Hey man, how you doing? What's up? Hey man, what's going on man? Appreciate the invite, man. And I also appreciate the the sway in the morning um, introduction, man. Appreciate that, yo. <laughs> he is my OG. So, you know, I got you. Right. I salute him at all times. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, you have a very, very popular podcast. Um, to at least to to my my effect, you get some some of the most moving shakers in Charlotte, kind of to attribute the time to your podcast. First and foremost, um, can you speak of like where you're from, how you got into podcasting, and kind of where you're at with it now? Yeah, man, no doubt. Um, I'm originally I'm originally from Goldsboro, North Carolina. Not sure how many people know about that, but it's about an hour east of Raleigh. <clears throat> I'm out east of Raleigh, about 30 minutes from Greenville, North Carolina, small town, but military base. So I'm a military, I'm a military kid. Uh, moved to Charlotte in back in 2007. So I've been around Charlotte for the past 12, 13 years. Uh, how I got into podcasting, man, <clears throat> just something, I'll tell you exactly how it started, because it didn't start with the Who Got Next podcast, and I kind of tell this mm-hmm. story on my podcast. It got started with the Easy Does It podcast, which I did. I started out with my frat brothers. Um, shout out to Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity um, by way of Fayetteville State University. Uh, so you know that's how that's how it got that's how it got started, and we've been doing and we had been doing that for five years, doing that for five years, and it got to a point where, you know, when you deal, you know, when you're in a group, I call it group work. You know, sometimes when you're doing group work. Everybody has their own, you know, their own ideas and their own thoughts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just looked at it as an opportunity, you know, to step outside of my own box and do some things that I wanted to do personally that, you know, that wasn't aligned with the show, which is not a bad thing. But, you know, that show is set up for something in particular. What I wanted to do was totally, off, you know, totally off base. And another thing about it was all of us are not in the same city. So mm-hmm. when we're doing so when we were doing that show, 230 episodes every week, we're online. You know, we're online and the quality came out very, you know, very good. But with some of the things that I wanted to do here in Charlotte, you know, that it was me here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that that's how that got started. It was just basically me just wanting to, you know, kind of tackle a couple of things that I felt Charlotte needed to um that I felt Charlotte needed to have. You know, Charlotte did to me. And I think Charlotte's still trying to find their identity with things. Yes, and, yes. And I think, and I think we're at the point where so many things are going on. The city is growing, the city is building, but it's also an opportunity for everybody to step out there and find their own. You find their own niche. You know, find their own niche. And luckily for me, I was able to build relationships. There was a few things that I done prior <clears throat> to the podcast that I was able to meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I always pride myself on building relationships, luckily for me. And a lot of the ones that I've interviewed, I'm going to say just about a good 95% that I probably interviewed so far 
I've seen them grow from the infancy stage. I've oh, seen it God. where nobody was around. I've seen it when they may have not been getting the support that they're looking for. I saw the struggles. You know, I, I saw the whole legwork. You know, I, I saw the process, basically. Yes. And to see and to see where they're at now, and for me, either, I just felt it was, you know, my, my I don't say my obligation, but I just wanted to, to pay that forward on a platform that I wanted to create to allow them to tell their story because you just never know exactly who else needs to hear that story. You know, there could, there could be somebody out there struggling. There could be somebody who's trying to make that first step and that next step, but they just don't have nobody to talk to yes. or nobody to relate to. I get, luckily for me, I get a lot of people that hit me up saying, yo, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm glad that you put that interview on because what that person said was what I'm struggling with right now. So that's a, you know, that's a, that's a blessing, but I'm also humbled at the same time because, hey man, I'm not a professional, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just another I'm just a nail in the, I'm just a nail in the toolbox, you know, trying to make my way, trying to make my way in the process. But I have a lot of growing, you know, I have a lot of growing to do, but I, I, I'm i enjoying my process right now. And it's, um, you, you hit the nail on the head, just to use your, um, your metaphor and my own metaphor. Um, but it's funny that you say that it's because it's exactly what, my podcast is kind of like about is I want to take as many people as I can talk to and people that I'm very interested in and share that experience with when and I, I say get information through inspiration. I mean get inspiration through information because to your point, there's that person that is like on the precipice of doing something either great or something that they want to do and just need that little kick in the ass to just push them forward to the next level. Even if it's like, oh, I didn't know there was, you know, a studio that you can record a podcast in. Like, oh, maybe I'll go down there and just use that that as a podcast tool as well. So right, right, it's, right. yeah, it's super, super dope that you have that kind of platform. Definitely from you know some some people that you've seen grow in their business kind of acumen and community so what are your tools for the trade i would say as far as podcast is concerned do you have any types of like um like we was talking before do you what do you use to kind of get yourself out there um um i guess you know first is the relationships you know mm-hmm. it, it's always the relationships luckily for me when i first started you know, I I put him out there. The first person I went to was how long you hold on. How long you been in Charlotte? Um, I came to because I went to John C. Smith University, the John right. C. Smith University. So I went to school in twenty. I got here about two thousand and seven, but I okay. left for a couple of years and came back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, the only reason why I say this is because um, you heard of the Wings of Fruit Food Truck, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Me and me and him actually built a great relationship. You know. He was somebody that I always and I'm and I'm gonna use him as an example because this is somebody that I fit I've always got a lot of information from because you know he was young like me. He was married, kids, he stepped himself out there, you know, and he built a he built a growing business. So me and him always shot information back. And when I told him about look, I'm thinking about starting this podcast, I wanted him to be my first guest. <clears throat> wanted him to be my first guest. So just building Build a rapport with people, you know, they're always willing to help, you know, they're, willing, they're always willing to help you. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I had confidence in myself, but, you know, it was also a one man show. I didn't have nobody else to feed off of like I did on the other podcast, you know. So kind of going in there, talking to him, using him as a springboard to see exactly where I wanted to go was one of the, you know, was one of my tools, one of my tools. So building rapport, I would say, 
is one of my tools. <clears throat> Being an effective listener is also another great, I feel is another great tool. And last but not least, being prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than not being prepared because you just never know exactly how the show is going to go. Um, how that conversation is going to go with that. Um, another thing, I think the main part of of my tools is and this is just me personally, you know, my mm-hmm. my per- my personal opinion for myself that helps me is if I don't have a good rapport with you. I'm not going to do the interview. Mm. So luckily for me, I could I can go on other people's platforms if I don't know you. And I know how to just met you today, you know. Yeah. And but we hit it off from the beginning. So I know how to, I know how to do that. But yes. when you're when you're interviewing people, you know, they don't know what they're walking into. They don't know what's about to happen. And it could it it could make for a, a, a dull show. Let's be be honest. It it can make for a dull show. So I try my, you know, if I'm not aware of what you have going on or, you know, I'm not, if I'm not aware of what you're doing, then it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to build that rapport from the beginning because I like to do my research before I'm having that conversation with people, you know? So that's just how I, that's just, that's just how I roll. That's not me personally, but everybody does things differently, but that's just not, I don't think for what I'm trying to do, it's not going to help me have a great conversation with a guest yeah a lot of the times it's, it's kind of you don't want it to be that scenario where you're pulling teeth like like I have been there. I, <laughs> i've been there a couple times too. <laughs> I, have, I have i have been there i'm not even going to say at like every show that i've done it has been 100 mm-hmm. because it has not <laughs> you yeah. know and, and and i and i and i did that with somebody that i hardly knew you know, mm-hmm. but I thought it was, I thought it would be a great, you know, a great podcast. And I got my feelings hurt. Uh, <laughs> I got my feelings hurt on that, you know, but it's, it was also a learning lesson, you know, I, and I love to tell that story. You know, we're just leaving names out, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was just, yeah. it wasn't a great show. You know, I knew it wasn't a great show, you know, but I still pressed through it. And then when I put it out there, you know, my friends, you know, I, luckily for me, I got people who tell me the truth. <laughs> you yes. know, they, you always need those. Oh, they say, "Oh man, that show was trash, yo." And I, <laughs> and I, and I agree with the buzzer, man. I agree, it was it was trash, but you know, I I learned from it because I listened to it all the time, and I mm-hmm. learned from. It. I said, "Man, I can't do that no more." You know, so you know, just gotta you just gotta be able to critique yourself, man. You gotta have thick skin, you know, because you you're putting yourself out there. For other people to listen and everybody's not going to enjoy it everybody's not going to enjoy how you your content they're not going to enjoy how you speak they may not enjoy the the company you keep or it could be somebody mm-hmm. who's you just never you just never know man and you just have to take the good with the bad so everything is a learning process for me man so during that time because i've been in that space too when you're actually in that space with somebody that you know that the podcast is not going well what are you, what type of tool or what kind of mentality or what things are you using to try to like pull the information from that person like trying to spark that conversation is it like because i know you you did your prep work and you you know you prepared in some sense of the way but it's just like that person is just like yeah okay and just like right. cut, cut and dry. How do you pull the information from some people? Um, I think I think one way for me to pull information from you is I I, I know how to crack a joke. <laughs> you know, I know how to crack a joke here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something that 
maybe I've seen something that you have related to. And I try my best before we have the interview to try to open you up. And if I'm not, if you're not open, then I can already sense how the show is going to go. Mm-hmm. And when I, when you start hitting those roadblocks, you, luckily for us, we can edit shows. So, yes. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'm going to show it, tell a trick to people, you know, uh, what are the tricks is you can't edit these shows. So it's not just about pressing record and just moving on. You have the power to cut out what you need to cut out mm-hmm. <laughs> to make your show a little bit better. So, Facts. so that's just a, a tidbit to podcasters out there. Cause I, mm-hmm. a lot of them don't do it. They just let it play and you, you it just could make for a bad show at times, you know? So you try your best to try to edit those parts. So that's what I, that, the edit, the edit button is, is my, <laughs> is my <laughs> the edit button is my bread and butter. Number one, number two, you know, if I kind of feel it's going, it's kind of dragging, you know, I may recap the conversation and then they'll kind of pick up where they left off. And then I can kind of smooth. You know, I, I kind of mosey into another, another um angle. So why should somebody go, um, why should somebody come and listen to the Who's Got Next podcast? What is one thing that you would say that is a, if you had to put a blurb out on a, a newspaper, right? What would mm-hmm. what would that blurb be? Uh, that's a good question, man. Because um, I never thought about it like that. But I guess indirectly, I never thought about it. But mm-hmm. you're putting yourself out there because you want people to listen, right? So I would say, you know, I would probably say, First of all, because I deal with just Charlotte, it's not like I'm talking to other people in other cities and things like that. I think with it being Charlotte, I could be I guess it could be looked at as a directory of what it is you're trying to find. So you're looking in a phone book or back in the day, the yellow pages back in the day, or you go to a Google (laughs) or you go to a Google search, you know, for for the for the young people. And, you know, you go to a Google Google search and you say, all right, what's going on in Charlotte? You know, where can I find what's going on in Charlotte? If I want to know something about <clears throat> sport, you know, somebody who's actually a sports journalist or somebody who does have a food truck, you know, yeah. or or somebody who is, I'm going to use my man because I see you wearing his shirt, Lex. Lex is, uh, Lex is one of my, Lex is one of my um, business partners from something else. So I'm very aware of his, his brand. But if, you, if it's somebody who wants to go to Johnson C. Smith, that's one of the persons I tell I, I would go to, you know. So, who got next has that, you know. If you really want to get some information without having to track people down, and you're looking for something in particular, come to my show, man. Because I do my best to try to talk about. I try to find somebody for politics. I try to find somebody for entertainment. I try to find somebody who I feel is buzzing at the moment. I try to find the the small business owners. I try to find somebody in every area. So it's it's strategic with me. Yes. I'm not just going out just, <clears throat> oh, let me go talk to this person. Nah, everybody that you've heard me talk to has been listed out prior to. So I got a good list of everybody I want to talk to, and I'm doing my best to try to, you know, round round out and try to talk to everybody I can. That's so dope. Shout out to Lex, shout out to the breast. But um, what you call it, as far as um, the – have you ever had an experience where you were unprepared for a – interview or something went left during the interview and you kind of had to it, it kind of strategically like either pull it back or regather yourself oh hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah man i'm not i'm not hell yeah just about every single time but um so one time i mean a couple times man i 
nothing, nothing, nothing sucks more when you're in your zone and you and you're having a great interview. <clears throat> the questions are right, the mm-hmm. vibe is right. You, you're both feeding off of each other, man. You you're hitting the punchlines. You, you you're, you're filling in those gaps, and then your SD card um, stops. No, <laughs> that's like and, suicide. Podcast <laughs> uh, suicide, man. And it just went. Oh my gosh, man! It or you just realized that it wasn't recording for whatever reason because it went. It went. So that's happened a couple of times. <clears throat> Fortunately for me, um, the ones that I did do. It had those conversations where they was gracious enough to come back, you know, but, but the, 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 the synergy, the, the, the synergy may not, the synergy may not be the same. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to to bring that synergy back. Hey, you will never know which show that was, but it actually turned out, it actually turned out very well, but those are one of the mishaps that I do not like is that because you got to find a way to, you got to find a way to reel it back in. So it could be tough at times, but again, I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. So true. Um, is there anything or anybody you want to get on that you haven't got on as of yet? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say everybody that I sought out, mm-hmm. I've talked to so far, okay. but it's. It's a marathon, not a race. <clears throat> it's not a sprint. So there are a lot of there's a, there's a lot of angles that I I want to hit, you know. And there's people in the politics that I still haven't talked to. I think some some major key people in politics in the city that I would love to talk. You know, I would love to talk to. I mean, I'll be honest. I I would love to talk to the mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a couple of conversations that I would love to have with her that I think I can touch on that maybe other people are not thinking about. You know. Not a politician, but I do pay attention. But you know, it's also geared towards African Americans in the city mm-hmm. and small business and ownership. So those are questions that I would like to have. So that I'm gonna say that is somebody <clears throat> um that I would love to I would love to talk to. So cross my you know, cross my fingers. Uh <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it does you know it does happen soon and it does happen one day. But somebody of that stature, you know, even if you don't agree with all her policies or how she sees things. It's all about just having that genuine conversation and maybe her talking to another group of, you know, another group that has those same questions that I have that are not being introduced to her. You know, you know how that goes. Exactly. And it's always funny. And I listen to one of, uh, one of my other OGs is Joe Rogan. I have a lot, have a lot of like mix, but um, it's, it's interesting. He always brings different types of politicians from every sector, right? So you could have a Republican, you could have a socialist, you can have a libertarian, you can have a Democrat. Um, and he's always on there. And it's good to hear that because you see the full spectrum of views, right? And you're not just pitching hell to what people are told you or what's on the television or what's on the radio. Because if you listen to one type of radio, you're going to see, you're going to listen and hear to all Democratic views. If you listen to one type of radio, you're going to listen, see all Republican views. So exactly. I, I I love the kind of, and I try to bring that to myself, just try to a mixed bag. So have you ever experienced um, or, or interviewed somebody um, that was white? And um, during that interview, do you think that it went differently? Like with... Like certain 
certain shorthands, right? Mm-hmm. It usually happens when you know you're talking to somebody of the same color face to face that you don't have that same kind of connection, possibly with somebody that's of another race. Do you ever have those instances where their shorthand is like missed, and you're like, ah, "This is kind of shitty right now." Like you're in, the, you kind of dig yourself into a hole of like, okay, now I have to explain what, you know, what a block party is. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> um, I look, um, I haven't had the luxury of speaking up, speaking with anybody outside of being African-American mm-hmm. as, of, as of yet. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm going to be completely honest and I'm going to be unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. That was my, that was my plan. Um, my plan was that I think there is not a shining light on african-americans in their business here in charlotte Mm -hmm. i wanted to help with that you know i'm not saying i'm the only person there's a lot of there's a lot of other avenues another there's a lot of outlets that you know they can all go to but i want to be that go-to i'm going i'm putting out there i'm 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 manifesting it you know i'm speaking it into the universe i want to be that. i want to be that hub where you do come to me you know if anybody's coming to charlotte anybody's starting i would like for them to say you know i gotta go to who who got next you know, that's that's my that's one of my goals of what I'm struggling for. That's not to sound arrogant or anything like that, but that's just me being extremely confident in myself that I can be that I can be that program for African Americans who are starting out to say, look, this is the, this is where I want to go at. <clears throat> so it is it is by design as of now. You know, of yeah. course, I, that will change um, in the future. But I always said to myself, my first 50 shows is going to be African Americans, period. And I haven't hit 50 yet, you know, unfortunately not yet. But when I hit 50, then I'm going to change things around. But my first 50 is going to be strong and black. There we go. That's, <laughs> I, I, it's, I, I love I love it. <laughs> it's yeah. just I, I love it because you, you said something very powerful, which is that there's no shining light on um, the African community, African American community, as m- much in Charlotte than a lot of other communities. One place that I always say has a great, strong Black backbone is Atlanta, and I would say that you can go on every street corner, almost every street corner, and have, see a Black-owned business, or know that that black, that business was once Black-owned, or it's going to be brought by a Black-owned person. Like it's just so much. I call it the mecca. Because you could go there and you could you feel like you're at home. You feel like feels like every day's a soul food episode. You know what I'm saying? So is, I mean, it is the it is the mecca, and, and I don't care what nobody says. I think a lot of people would agree with that because you look at you've looked at everything, and and I'm a, and I could throw a documentary out there. If you haven't seen Maynard, um, Maynard yeah. Jackson, Maynard, Maynard Maynard Jackson was the um, first African American mayor of Atlanta. Um, that documentary is on Netflix. He, the reason why Atlanta is what it is today, it was because <clears throat> it was because of what he started. Mm, you know, okay. what the, the 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 engine he started. His whole ideology with being the mayor of Atlanta was to look out. He wanted to springboard African Americans into having a, a staple in the Atlanta community. You know, so not mm. only did he run for mayor once, he ran for mayor twice. And it gives you a good blueprint of how that whole thing transpired up until how you see Mayor Keisha um, um, Keisha Bottoms. So, as you notice, Atlanta's had African American mayors. Oh yeah, for as long as you can remember. That is that is by that is not by design. That's 
that's what it is, you know, not saying that somebody else of another, you know, <clears throat> um, background can't come in and do that, but yeah. it looked like Atlanta has made it very clear. Somebody's going to be black. In oh, this, yeah. Somebody's going to be black in this seat. And <clears throat> why Charlotte can't be that? that is... I, understand po- I understand politics make a big difference. And again, people have their own views on Mayor Lyles, um, you know, but give her a chance, you know, give her a yeah. chance to see what she's doing. I mean, she's, this is her first time out, you know, she, she's human, but I would love to hear the thing that she has to say. Who, 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 who's to say another African-American can't be primed to be put in that position to be mayor of Charlotte, you know, understand politics happen and, you know, North Carolina can be, a, North Carolina is a good old boy state. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, be clear about that. But, that still doesn't mean that Charlotte can't be that progressive to do that. It's going to take time, but, you know, we have somebody there, you know, hey, put put your foot on the neck, man, you know, in a very respectful way, you know, to try to get, you know, to try to get things done. I'm pretty sure she would love to hear this information if people present it to her, you know. So, gotcha. you know, shout out to her. Hopefully she, you know, try to tag her sometimes to the podcast, <laughs> you know, to let her, you know, let her listen because these are conversations that we want to have as um, – as residents of Charlotte. So Atlanta does it. I look at Atlanta. I see what Atlanta has done. I want Charlotte to be that. And the only way Charlotte can be that is if you had the right leadership in place and then the right people to help springboard that leadership and the right patrons to make things happen in the city. So yeah, I, and think, I, think, and I think that's where we're, I think that's where we're stuck at. Yeah. Um, we're, gri- we're, we're grinding. I see people grinding. Uh, and they're grinding their own format and their own platform. But, you know, kind of like what I say in my tagline with my show. All right, what's next? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's not just for them. That's for myself as well. You know, I'm 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 human. I'm human. And sometimes I get sidetracked on things and stuff like that. But I want I'm saying to myself every day, man, yo, you say this to everybody else. Say it to yourself. So what's next? You know. That's see you you explained the three head headed snake that needs to happen it's it's the you have the leadership you have the the accompanying like the like bodies and then you right. have the patrons and the patrons all kind of need everything needs to be in sync to kind of make it because to take the blueprint from Atlanta everybody's in sync the money is flowing through everything. Everybody understands the structure of how everything's supposed to work. And uh-huh. it's like it flow. It's like this train is keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. But I, I think one thing that's very powerful and people, you know, I don't know how many people attribute this is once Obama got elected and people saw the possibility of the highest mm-hmm. order. I think right. now it's, it, that was a good, and he, he pro, protested, I mean, he brought hope. Right. So his big thing was hope and change and things like that. One thing is going to change. Hopefully it did was change people's mindset and say, hey, now it's possibly for you to have that seat. Maybe our current mayor is not the right person to make these changes, but that person she inspires might be the next. So, yeah, so it's good. It's it's, yeah, deep ass conversation. But yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to go to the next part of the podcast. It's called uh, Shots Fired. So it's Elevated Icebreaker. It's about 10, 15 questions. And mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this question. The first thing that comes to your head, you just can answer as quickly as possible. 
All right, man. Ho- 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 hopefully you don't incriminate me, man. But we- oh, no, we- no, you good. You good. Everything is. Uh, <laughs> I do not own the rights to this music. Uh, <laughs> uh, um. All right. So this is shots fired. So what's your favorite color? Blue. Okay. What's your favorite sport? Basketball. What's your favorite movie? Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And what's a movie that you hate to love? Ah, Half Baked. Okay. Um, what dis- what song would you say describes your life? Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Here we go. What's your favorite type of music? Hip hop. Rap. What's your favorite album? My favorite, oh man. I'm a music. I'm a music snob, yo. Um, I'm a music nerd. I can't, oh, woo, you're stepping on some toes. <laughs> I'm a damn. I was good up until this point. Um, I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna go with Midnight Marauders and um, Tribe Called Quest. Okay, nice. Um, who's your favorite artist? And I'm going to preface this by saying the artist doesn't need to be a musical artist. It can be, it could be a dancer. It could be a, what you call it? A, it could be a tap dancer. It can be a painter. It could be anybody who conveys emotion towards you. Jay-Z. That's my my favorite too. Yeah, Jay-Z, just not as an artist, but just, just, just with everything that he does, man. Jay-Z. You know, so. Um, one place you want to visit that you haven't as of yet? Uh, San Tropez. Nice. What place would you go in the apocalypse? <laughs> San Tropez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably say. Probably, nah, I'm joking. I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll probably, yeah, it, man, probably be a basement somewhere, man, because I'm trying to get away from all that. Okay, smart move. <laughs> <laughs> what is who is your celebrity crush? Uh Jill Scott. There we go. The microphone, I got you. Everybody <laughs> know me. Everybody know me, Jill Scott, man. Jill Scott. <laughs> you know me. Um who would you change places with for one day? Barack Obama, man. I really want I really want to see what he went through, man, because he was just too calm. <laughs> you know, I, I never seen nobody that calm in my life, you know, going through everything. I just want to step in his shoes one day and fuck everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> because I know he wanted to and he couldn't, you know, but I just want to see. But it would be, it would, I would want to be in his shoes at that time when he was a president because I would just love to see how he handled it. Like, bro, how did you handle this stuff? So, yeah, um, President Barack Obama. All right. Um, what is the most influential book that you've ever read? Say it again. I'm sorry. What's the most influential book that you've ever read? Um, I want to say it will probably it will it will it will probably be, um, um, Letter to a Young Brother by, <clears throat> by um, what's my man's name, man? Dang, I forgot his name that fast, man. He was um, he's an actor. An actor. He, he, He's an actor. He was in. A, he's in a lot of Spike Lee movies, man. I'm sorry, man. I have a brain fart. Not but Lord, not Lawrence Fishburne. 
Nah, uh-uh. It, it's on a Tim Jackson. A, nah, uh, young guy, man. Have you ever seen he got game? Yeah. He was in he he was in he got game, man. Like it, it's on my it's on my tip tip of my tongue, and I don't forget people, but it's kind of like you put me on the spot, man. <laughs> I'm about to, I'm okay. about to find now I'm about to yeah. find his name real quick, man. It was um Hill Harper. Damn, I can't believe I forgot that. So yeah, sorry, I can't, I can't Hill, hear you. Hill Harper. Hill Harper. Can you hear me? You said what's his name? Hill Harper. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you can edit that part out. But it was Hill Harper. I'm sorry, I apologize for that. Okay. Like, it was in my head, but it wasn't coming out. Um Hill he Harper. Wrote, Hill Harper, man. He wrote two books. He wrote Letter to a Young Brother, and then he wrote another book, Letter to Um. A letter to a man, like letter to a young man, but basically what that kind of like of a kid who's just come, you know, he's trying to figure, he's trying to find his way. And what he was doing was he was writing a letter, like fictional, writing a letter to this kid every day about what he had been going through, and it led all the way up to adulthood. So, uh, came out probably about ten years, about about ten or twelve years ago that first book, man. But it was a very good book. I, that was probably one inspiration for me. Was it about his life, or was it just? Uh, no, nah, it wasn't even about his life. Okay. I think what it was, it was more so a, a self a self improvement book because he said he wasn't talking directly to anybody, but it, um, but he had written letters, you know, to mentees, and I think he put all of them together. Uh, he put all of them together, and then that's how he how he formed that. But that's probably one inspirational book um, that I feel that I've read, and The Alchemist too. So those are two books. Um, what would be the name of your autobiography? The Wonderful World of E. Sanders. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah. The Wonderful World of E. Sanders, man. <laughs> the good, the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Simple to the point. It describes it on the first glance. Exactly. If you had to be handcuffed to one person for a month, who would it be? Jill Scott, man. I was going to look at him. <laughs> Jill Scott. Jill Scott, man. I, you ought to say how much I love that woman, man. Jill Scott, I don't care how many people he, she divorced. I just love her, man. Handcuff, um, me to her, handcuff me to her, man, and she can sing to me all day, and I won't be mad. <laughs> Nobody ever put those two together. That's a, that's a good move. Strong move. <laughs> Why would you not want to be handcuffed to your celebrity crush? I mean, exactly. Right. If you had to remove all the apps on your phone, except for three, which ones would those be? That I would remove? That you um, would keep. If you had to I would remove, keep. Only, only keep three. I would keep Facebook. I would keep Instagram. <clears throat> And I would keep my other app. Who sampled this? Those are the three apps. Those are like my three go-to apps nice. on my on, on my phone. So, like again, I told you I was a I'm a music snob. Yeah, I'm also a sample hoarder. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I always go to those are my go-to because once I find a song or I'm not aware of a song or I remember the song, I kind of go back to it and I try to find all the samples in it. So, nice. yeah, those are my three that I keep. Okay. Um, if you had a talk show, would you do? Who would be your first guest, um, dead or alive? So who is your dream guest, dead or alive? And what would you ask them? Um, Diddy. Diddy? <clears throat> yeah, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Diddy. Um, I know a lot of, yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Diddy. And what I would love to know from him is, you know, what what kept him up at night 
to get to where he needed to be. You know, you know the you know the smart details because he talks about those all the time. But we we haven't heard the mindset that pushed him to get to that. You know, that pushed him to get to that point. Like, what was your first step? Like, when did you first start having this thought process mm-hmm. outside of just going to DC for school <clears throat> and keep going back and forth to New York until you got to a point where you was doing the internship? I've heard that part. Cool. Now I want to see when you got fired. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about when you got when you got fired and what it took for you to get to that next step in creating Bad Boy. You know, I I, I want to hear those kind of stories. You know, you know, say what you want about him as a music exec and claiming he don't pay people and all this other stuff. All right, whatever. Now, you know, that's just a part of business. But I would just love how he was able to sustain all of that to this day. You know, he's been doing this since like '93. Mm-hmm. You know, like '93. So, yeah, I want to talk. I want to discuss the longevity. Yes. Yeah, him and Jay Z would be a good discussion about longevity and how do you keep yourself relevant in, right. in an ever changing spectrum of like definitely music, which is literally so subjective from one person to the other. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. What? What? What's one superpower you want to have? Uh, telepathy. Okay. Um, so last question. What is your death row meal? Last meal of life. I need an app. I need an entree and I need a dessert. All right. I know the dessert would be the dessert would be banana pudding. Okay. Um, God rest her soul. But I swear if she could come back from the grave. I want her banana pudding. Shout out to shout out to Mama Hargrove, man. This is one of my good friends' mother who just passed away um, last year. But if you didn't know about her, you knew about her banana pudding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and me and her daughter is real good friends, and it was to die for. You know, it, like everybody knew about this banana pudding. Like, yo, my mom cooked it. She cooked that banana pudding. So <laughs> that um, that would be my appetizer. That that would be my dessert right there. Um, my appetizer would probably be, um, it'll probably be an artichoke dip, um, artich- uh, artichoke dip and probably some potato wedges or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or nachos or tortilla chips to try to scrape that out. Um, my entree, I'm not a, I don't eat a lot of beef. Well, I do eat a lot of beef. I don't eat a lot of steak. Okay. So it will be, it will be a steak. <laughs> uh, it will be probably the most expensive steak you can find. <laughs> Medium well. Um, my size would probably be somebody's mac and cheese baked. It better be baked. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, baked in some yams. That that's that's probably my that would be my death row meal. And I need an Arnold Palmer to drink, man. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I need an Arnold Palmer to drink, man. But if it, but I also would love to have you know a whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let me go there and drink this last whiskey because I'm not gonna be able to have it anymore. So that's my meal right there. What what type of whiskey are you drinking? Um, <clears throat> I'm always a go to for Crown, but okay. you know I, I'm always trying new stuff. My friends, man, they 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 big on that, man. They always find like a new a new one. But you know that, um, Jack Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. I like Jack. I'm a, I'm a big Jack Daniels fan when it comes to the Jack Daniels honey. Oh yeah, I like Jack Daniels honey, but I also like Gentleman Jack too. So those are probably the ones that I'm going to right now. Good choices. All right, and that is Shots Fire. Okay. Hey, man, was, I like that segment, man. I like that segment. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> cool. it's, used, 
it's usually it usually helps me like dive into the next segments because it sometimes it gets very like emotional. <laughs> so okay. it, it like right. tees people good, up. Good, good, then good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the first the first part in segment uh, called of the pillars of the podcast is life. So first question: um, What does life mean to you, or what is the meaning of life? So to you, what does life mean? For me, life means fulfilling your 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 destiny. Unfortunately, everybody doesn't get a chance to fulfill that. I haven't fulfilled mine yet. You know, um, I feel I'm in good. You know, you have your good days and your bad days, but you know, at the end of it all, I do feel I'm in a good place um, to enjoy life. But you know, it's all about what you make it. So it is to me. It is about what you about what you make. It's about having a positive attitude and just seeing things through. So that's how I, that's how I see it. And what is one failure that you've learned from? <clears throat> or one um, you could think of. I, I think everybody went through this. I'm gonna say finance. You know the. You hit a wall at times. A while back, I hit a I hit a wall with finances, but it was a mistake of my own, <laughs> you know. But it was something that I said to myself, "I'm never gonna go back there again," you know. It was just, it just wasn't the, it just wasn't a good feeling. But I put myself there, yeah, you know. But <clears throat> so I look at money differently now. You know, I'm looking at where I put my money. You know, I I don't consider myself frugal, but I am considering myself cautious. Yes. You know, so I'm always going to kind of look at things like that. So that is one mistake that I feel that I made then that I should have put myself in. And I and it took me a minute to dig myself out of that hole. But, <clears throat> you know, once I got there, I said, OK, nah, I'm not going back there. So I'm going to say failure was the finances. What, what, um, what are some things what are some things that you did to kind of pull you from that kind of like the hole? What, Patience. What mentality? I was well, yeah. Pay, um, being patient, understanding that it is just money, you know, and you're young enough at that time, you're young enough to dig yourself out of that hole. You know, everybody don't see it that way, but I do because <clears throat> there was a lot of things that I wanted to do. It wasn't me. Oh, I want to go out and just blow a whole bunch of money or buy a whole bunch of just frivolous things. You know, I like what I like and I buy what I like, but at that time, I couldn't. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't. I couldn't buy those things, and it was a. I had to put on my big boy pants. You know, look, if you want to get out of this situation, you know, you're gonna to have to cut some things off, and it sucked. It it, it sucked ass, <laughs> but I was still able. You know, I was able to you know find my way out of that hole. But patience, patience is the key. Um, getting the right information, you know. Talking to the right people, you know, talking to the right people about things and educating yourself, you yeah. know, to make sure that you don't get put back in that situation again. And it's something I kind of learned from. So, yeah, that's, I think that's number one biggest thing for anybody is yeah. that check, how you spend yeah. it and how you, how it's, how it's uh, used on a day to day basis. If, exactly. If you had a time machine and you went back and you had, 30 minutes to talk to the 16 year old you, what would you tell him? You're still going to school, 
but let's do it this way. Mm-hmm. And and I always tell this tell this story. <clears throat> I'm a military kid. You know, dad was in the Air Force. He retired my junior year in college. So he never forced me to go. He never forced me to go to military. <clears throat> I wish he did. <laughs> oh, really? Now that I look, yeah, I wish he did, but take a different avenue and not going directly in active duty, but after upon graduation, going into basic training, taking a semester off, because I always my intention was to go to Fayetteville State once I had made once I made my decision. Take a semester, take the first semester off, go to basic training, get what I need, and go in reserve. You know, and I would have been probably commissioned in out of school. And think about it, by this time now, I graduated college in 2003. So by this time now, I'm already thinking about retirement. You know, like it's, it's coming, it's coming up. I'm about to push, you know, another three or four years. I'll be done, you know. So I, that, that would be something I would kind of go back and tell them, um, <clears throat> tell my 16-year-old self. I think another thing I would tell my 16-year-old self is, Stick to those hobbies, man, because, you you know, if you would have stuck to those hobbies, you know, that I love so much, mm-hmm. who knows where I would have been right now, mm-hmm. you know? So radio was something I always liked, but I didn't see myself doing it. You know, once I did an internship in college, I, eh, I didn't like it, but I also did the radio station on campus. So I enjoyed that aspect of it, but I didn't enjoy how I sounded. So, you know, I would go back and say, look, let's find a different way. Because if I knew what I knew now, you know what I'm saying, it would be a whole different atmosphere right now for me. But, hey, man, that's part of that's a part of life, right? Exactly. And it's funny how you you, you, you can always go back. Like, I always ask this question. It's funny how people are like, yeah, I would have told them to invest in this, invest in that. I'm like, think about what would have happened if you would have invested in that. How about if Google would have not done well because you invested in it? And, like, they could always be like, it's funny how our all our mistakes and all the goods and the bads have created in us and kind of built us to be who we are now, even though we might not be the totality of who we are going to be or what we want to be. We are here and we are in the presence, you know, right. of, of each other some way, somehow. So it's, it's, it's powerful. So next question is going to get weird. Um, so... <laughs> Have you ever seen or ex- have an experience with a ghost, an alien, or a spirit? Nah, that's not crazy. So one, <laughs> uh, twice, and and I'm explaining. So hope anybody listening, I'm not crazy, <laughs> but this is what happened. So it was in 1999. That's how I remember it because I was with my boy. Me and my boy had just dropped off our other homeboy. It was foggy as hell, like foggy, 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 right. <clears throat> And it was real low. So when I dropped him off, I was driving back. And when I was driving back, because how you go down the street is a very long street. But again, it's fog, fog, fog. So you got all your high beams and dropped him off, pulled out, started driving. All of a sudden, you know, I get to the stop sign. I know where the stop sign is, so I know to stop. But while I'm stopping, the fog clears. Except in one area, I saw this man on a bicycle, walking by. Wasn't on his ride, and he was walking his bike. Like, he was, like he had got off. Yeah. And walked. And I sat there just for a second. Like, but I was still looking ahead. I didn't even look. I didn't look at my boy in the car. I didn't want him to think I was, I was fucking crazy. Yeah. I can curse up the road. 
I ain't know if I can curse, my bad. But um, it, it was just crazy. So when I looked over at him, he said, bro, just drive. We didn't talk about it until I dropped him off. And <laughs> we talked about it the next day. He said, bro, I don't know if you saw what I saw. I said, okay, so I won't trip it. So I won't so I won't trip it. He was like, nah, man, you won't trip it, man. I, I don't know what that was. And then I heard a story later on about there was this man. Mm-hmm. That used to walk his bike all around that neighborhood. Um, so I believe in spiritual beings. Let, let, let's, I'm gonna just say that I believe in spiritual beings, and I believe they pop up for a reason. You know, so that's 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 one thing that I had, and I've also, you know, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Yes, I believe in spiritual <laughs> beings. Period. Okay. Good. Good. Um, yeah, I've added that into my weapon travel questions because I've just I just always see now that like people have those experiences and we don't talk about it. To your point, even like if we if you had that experience, you just kind of like, uh, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> yeah, like but luckily, luckily somebody was in a car with yep. me and he, and he felt the same thing. We talked about it at one time, man. We ain't never talk about it no more. Mm-hmm. Now that you bring it up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him up and say, hey man, you remember that time? <laughs> he felt like man. Go ahead, man. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do sometimes, man. We'll talk about old stuff. That's like one of my best friends, man. And that's just kind of keep the, you know, kind of keep the our memories alive. Yep, exactly. Yeah, but we haven't talked about that one, man. I'm, I'm going to bring that up to him, man, see what he's saying. Let me know how it goes. I will. <laughs> um, next part is love. So mm-hmm. what is your worst breakup story? Oh man, you get personal. Oh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> fuck it. Oh, all right. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't care to tell this. One, I think my worst breakup was. How can I say this without incriminating anybody? Um. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the worst breakup story I had was, man. Hey, man, the girl just—I had it. I didn't talk to her for a couple of weeks. And I was in the process of moving, so mm-hmm. I didn't have no internet. Um, I didn't, I didn't have no internet then, but I kept calling her, kept calling her. She wasn't answering the phone. And two weeks had went by. And after those two weeks, I had finally got access to my internet. She sent me this long-ass Facebook message, <laughs> man. <laughs> the long-ass Facebook email, man. Oh, talking man. about everything, how she felt about it. Oh yeah, man. She oh boy, she was oh boy, she she gave me a piece of my mind. She went all the way back, you know what I'm saying? But that's probably the worst breakup I had because dad is so the injury, you know. She had already moved on. Uh and it was a while ago, this is a long time ago. So Thanks. I want to make sure I'm dating this because Facebook started in 2005. So <laughs> this wasn't recent. This wasn't recent. This was a long time ago, man. But that's probably the worst one I had, man, because it was just embarrassing. You know, yeah. I'll be honest about that. It was, it was, it was embarrassing, but you know, I'm not gonna put all the onus on her. You know, I can see why she felt how she felt. You know, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I fucked up in some instances. So, but it was, it was still a fucked up situation. Yeah. Because, you know, you could have handled that a little bit differently, man. I'm just a, I'm just a stickler, man. Look, you got something you want to say to me? Don't text it to me. Mm-hmm. Don't. If you have to call and talk on the phone, cool. But if you have access to me to get me in front of you, let's have that conversation. Then I would respect it a whole lot more. Yeah. You know, if you dump my ass in person. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's all good. We, 
Yeah, we cool now. You know what I'm saying? So we laugh about it. You know, laugh about it now. But hey, what a good feeling, there, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> okay. Um. So, what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done on a date? Uh, ooh. This is in my younger life, okay? So, this is, <laughs> I, I got to keep the preface. I, I, I got to preface this, man, because, you know, people listen to stuff and they be like, ah, oh, this nigga cruddy. <laughs> and, and, or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, it wasn't that, man, but I was young. You know, I was young. I was early in my 20s, man. You know what I'm saying? Going out going out to dinner. <laughs> and the check came, of course, you know what I'm saying? But she was in that, they just talking junk, man. And, and I looked at it like, you going to pay for this? You know what I'm saying? It was embarrassing because I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it was... <laughs> I'm laughing because there was so much more that happened after that. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, that, that was probably one of the most embarrassing moments that I had. I don't think guys get embarrassed too much because we're the ones doing the embarrassing. You know, I think a lot of mm-hmm. times more women is going to get embarrassed on a date than a man is because men are just don't give a crap a lot of times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. when something, whatever that whatever that man's intention is, is totally not, may not be the intention of the woman. You know, once she feels you want some dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be the one sitting there left embarrassed. So, you know, that, that was an embarrassing moment for me because looking back on it, I kind of could have handled that a little bit differently. Man, I think I was in my, I think I was in my macho bravado attitude thing. In my early twenties, man, but it's a lesson learned, man. I'm 38, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, different, different man, mentality. But. You gotta grow, you know. But you gotta, yeah, you gotta oh, oh, yeah. Grow. <laughs> you gotta grow, man. But that was my former life, man. I I look back at some of my, yeah, oh yeah, I I I was trash, man. That, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trash for that, man. But hey, man, moment, moment of you know, moment of truth, man. So yeah. It's good that you can look on it like that. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's funny now, but it won't funny then. No, yeah. no, definitely was not. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was there wrong. So, um, last part um, is laughter. So, um, on a rainy day, on like your worst moments, what's one thing that you could think of and Im- immediately brings a smile to your face? Smile or just like laugh, like laugh hysterically. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like laugh hysterically. Let's do that. All right, let's go with laugh hysterically. So <laughs> I just talked about the same guy that I was telling you about that was in the car with me where that, where that goes with by. Mm-hmm. Let's go with man. Me and him experienced a lot of stuff. So <laughs> it, a lot of stuff. So I remember this day completely. It was a moment when, um, <clears throat> you know, you're going, you're, you're deciding what school you want to go to and these, and these colleges comes in um, to your city or school and kind of sit down and talk to you. So they have a panel, mm-hmm. <laughs> a panel of people. I'm laughing already. I'm thinking about it. Um, a panel of people. So a was there. And this was at a time when I was thinking about going to a So me, him and our other homeboy that we had dropped off, <laughs> went in, went in. Them two actually ended up going to a I did it. Um, I did it. But they had this guy on a panel from the, I want, he was, I want to say he was from the engineering department, mm-hmm. but he wasn't 
I mean, he wasn't he wasn't from the United States. Okay. He was from the Middle East or somewhere. You know, I'm not trying to be, but you couldn't understand what he was saying. So it was like a language barrier. So every time when he talked, we was in the third row. This is what made it bad. We was like in the third row, center, center, <laughs> right in front of him, and he's talking, and you couldn't understand nothing he was saying. But we started laughing, and the laugh was so bad, like. The laugh just got worse and worse because not only did I, well, I was laughing, he started laughing and tears started coming down our eyes and then everybody else started laughing in in a crowd. And I just don't understand how we did not get kicked out of that thing because we were very, we was very, very disrespectful, man. Like it was bad. Like every time when he stopped and he started again, you seen Def Comedy Jam. That's how it looked. Like we were just in there laughing, man. Like, man, I, we laughed at things that we had no business laughing at. Like that, that's just how bad it was, man. But that that moment right there just solidifies why I like to laugh. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. I, I laugh at I, I laugh at shit that I have no business laughing at. You know, but I also laugh at things. I laugh at myself. You know, like damn, I can't believe I did that. So. That's one moment I talk about because I just talked to him about that last week. I said, "Hey, man," he's about. I already know what you' about to say. And we talk. And it's crazy. Our parents know about these moments because we went back home, telling them about it, and we could not keep. And every time we go home, they always talk about their story. I was like, "Man, I don't understand why we didn't get kicked out because it was it was terrible." So that's a good moment for me. Yeah, when people are laughing and and then you start laughing because they're laughing and it just keeps on going and then you're laughing at that thing and they're telling you it's just that's what happened. That's exactly what happened, man. This 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 um this parent mother, she was laughing and she turned around and looked at us and she said, "Baby, please stop laughing because I can't stop." <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, "I can't stop laughing because y'all are not stopping." And when she said that, I'm still in there balling out laughing, man. I said, "Man." I know this dude was like, bro. I know they laughing at me, yeah, because I because of my language barrier, and he was correct. <laughs> we were looking dead in his face. we were looking dead in his face, man, laughing our ass off, man. That shit was funny. Okay, that's that's a wonderful moment. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we've come to the end of the podcast. So at this time, I would like for you to give all your social media tags, all your handles, where everybody can find you and follow you, and also any upcoming events that you're having. Even though it's the you know the year of Corona, if you're doing any yeah. DJing, let me know. <laughs> and chat you out. Well, again, you know you can catch me on Who Got Next. Mom, my, my IG for Who Got Next is. Who got next underscore CLT um, on Instagram? If you want to email me, if you got like a topic, anybody you want to holler at, you know, just hit me up, man. Uh, my email is who got next CLT at gmail.com. Um, unfortunately, no events right now. We all quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so there's no events going on right now. But, you know, be on the lookout for something that I got going because. Once, once, once they tell me I can go back outside, it's on the popping. <laughs> you know, Slit. with some of the ideas that I have, man, I, I want to get into. You know, I didn't talk to many um, artists. I talked to a couple, but I got a good list of um, artists that I want to talk to that are bubbling. You know, bubbling in Charlotte, and I got a, I got a good game plan. I got a very good game plan for them. So just be on the lookout for that. So. That's it, man. You know, uh, I'm no virtual DJing for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at a lot of virtual DJing that that is passing the time. 
for me. I'm looking at the IG battles, mm-hmm. um, the versus battles by Swiss B. That's really keeping me afloat, man. And watching a lot of Netflix, man. So, so that's really it, man. But in, in closing, man, I want to thank you again. Um, thank you again for inviting me on your invite me on your platform, man. I think you got to, hey, man. Like I tell every podcaster, man, there's room for everybody. Uh, <clears throat> there's room for everybody, and I'm always gonna support whatever you got going on. So you know, as long as you putting out good shit, man. Need anything from me, man? I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to be there. So it don't even. It don't even matter, man. I just try to, you know, podcast. Podcasts got to stick together, man. Exactly. You know, exactly. podcast matters. So I mean, keep up the good platform, man. Great questions. I enjoy my. I enjoy myself, man. So thank you, salute thank you so brother. much. It 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 it. I feel a little bit more. It comes from you know a professional of your caliber. Um, I mean, I mean, even though you chose the wrong fraternity, but that's okay. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold it against you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I said I wasn't gonna say nothing to the end. I let it, I let it slide. I saw when I mentioned Alpha for Alpha. You know, you kind of, <laughs> I, I saw your face, man. You know what I'm saying? But I was gonna get you at the end, man. But nah, man. Salute to the whole divine now, man. I, yeah. I, I, hey, man, I, that that crew over there, Lex, Brian, um, AJ. I, Oh, I fuck man. with a lot of y'all. Yeah, I fuck with a lot of y'all. So bad. <laughs> oh man, it's all, it's all it's all good, man. Yeah, it's it's nothing but love. You know, just a happy, yeah. you know, disrespect once in a while. I, it oh, just yeah. it builds character. <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta disrespect every once in a while, man. You if you're not a, this look, that's part of the game, man. You know what I'm saying? But it's all love. So exactly. you know, as long as you don't get too nasty with it, which I don't, I crack a joke here and there, man. I go on about my business. So. <laughs> But we all got a common goal when, when you're doing it. When you're in a fraternity, man, it's all it's all the same. It's all the same goal. Just got a different way of going about it. But it's all positive. Exactly. All right. Uh, last thing we do on a podcast because I think my my laptop's yep. about to die. But uh, last thing we do is we say the catchphrase, which is love, peace, and chicken grease. So if you can say the catchphrase, we'll be done. <laughs> ain't no doubt, man. Love, peace, and chicken grease.